I go a little bit further. I said, you need to stand in there. Stand on the word of God. Stand on his promises. And most of all, we need to give God some praise right there. Right there. You need to give him some praise right there. You know, Bishop, he was saying this morning, can you imagine what can happen if we could all get on one accord and give God some praise? Can you imagine other mountains that's getting moved out of your life? Can you imagine of the healing that is being done in your body and we could just get on one accord and give some praise to God? That hit me so hard this morning, Bishop, when he said, can you imagine what can happen? You know, I shouldn't have to pump and prime you, you know, to give you, give God some praise. Because if God has done anything for you, if he is doing anything for you, then that just should be something that you do automatically. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all he's asking. That's the highest praise you can give him. Amen. 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 So I just want to thank and praise God just for giving me breath to be able to give him praise. I want to want to thank him because there's a lot of people who don't get that chance to praise him. There's some people who didn't wake up this morning who couldn't give to give him praise. So I thank him for this chance to praise him. I thank him for putting me on a leader that guides me. You know, just continue to pour into me. Continue to develop me. Amen, somebody. I thank you, Bishop and Pastor, for just being patient with me because I know I can be a little knuckleheaded sometimes. So I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, my brothers and sisters, for you you guys coming out today that to hear what Lord would have to say to this church. And I mean this church. What he is saying to you. We are the church. So I thank and praise God for you coming out. You could have found a lot of stuff to do because it's getting nice outside and everybody want to go watch the dog, want to go to the park, whatever you do on Sunday. But you are people of God. And you know where you need to be. You know where you're supposed to be. So I thank God for you being here. You didn't think it was robbery to be in the house of God. Amen. 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 So with the help of the Holy Spirit and your prayers, I'm going to go into this word. And I pray that all gets said that need to be said. And all will be heard that need to be heard. And we will apply this word to our life. I pray that it fall on fertile ground. So then, while you're standing... Why don't you go with me to Proverbs, Proverbs 1, I'm going to read 10 through 19, Proverbs 1, 10 through 19, don't plan to be up here long, as I told you last month, I still go to the school of Pastor D, he has some powerful, powerful 20 minute messages. What the Holy Ghost gonna do, but that's my plan. Amen. Are you there now? Okay. And it reads, and I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. It reads, My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, Come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone just for fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole 
like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw your throw in your lot with us. We'll share the loot. Now here's wisdom talking. He said, my child, don't go along with them. Stay away from their path. They rest to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. Now if a bird see a trap being set, it knows to stay away from it. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of the greedy one. Such is the, the fate of one who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. It robs them of life. Father God, I'm asked to come before you in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. We just thank you and praise you, O Lord, for another chance to stand before your people, Lord. I thank you for the word today, Father. I pray that it fall on fertile grounds. I thank you for using me, Lord, that I will decrease, that you are increased. None of me and all of you hide me behind the cross, Father. Let your word go forward, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. For the past few weeks, we've been speaking from this theme, uh, character construction, character construction. You heard Bishop again, he gave a message, or he built his part of this character construction, uh, controlling the thought. Threw that brick in. It's controlling the thought. And then you heard Pastor Keith, he came controlling the tongue. Controlling the tongue. And then you heard Pastor last week, she told us about guarding our heart. That's part of that character instruction, character construction. So this week I want to talk about, talk a little bit about keeping bad company. Keeping bad company. And I believe Bishop's going to come up and come on, block in it plug in any plugs, any holes that I left for next week uh, with a fruit of the Spirit. Today we're going to talk about keeping bad company. And if I had a subtitle, it would be Be Careful of the Company You Keep. Be Careful of the Company You Keep. Amen. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but, but, but when we were younger, our parents used to tell us to, to be careful of who we spend our time with. I don't know if your parents told you that, but they said, be careful of who you spend your time with. In fact, they told us that we will probably be judged based on who we hang out with. Or they probably told you that people will judge you based on the influence your friends have on you. And the reason why they told us that is because of this old cliche or this old saying that birds of a feather flock together. And that is true for the most part. That is true for the most part, which means that the company we keep reflect the person that we probably are. Are you still with me? It reflects the person that we, we probably are, which means that, that 
Our choice of friends or the type of people that we choose to hang with will shape, will shape the life that we live. It, it, it will shape the way we make our decisions. It will shape our opinion. In fact, the type of ministry that we join that feeds our soul will shape the Christian we become. It, it will shape our spiritual growth, which means that if we are getting fed bad spiritual food, we'll be spiritually unhealthy. Which means that the, 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 the leaders we choose to follow will, will shape our character. Uh, the, the leaders we choose to follow are the ones who pointing us in the right direction. Uh, the, the choice of books that we read, the type of films that we watch, the, the, the website that we visit will shape our mind. You know, it, it will shape our conversation. Have you ever listened to the people who read certain books? You know, the, 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 they, they either think God is coming back on a spaceship or he's a state of mind. You know, they, they think all these different things. Or have you listened to the people who go to these certain websites? Their, their mouth is as bad as a trash dump. These are the people who are reading the wrong thing and looking at the wrong thing. And there's a word, who we follow or what we follow will shape who we become. Are you with me? So we can, we can, we can think and praise God right here that we have great leaders who are not afraid to, to, to teach the truth, who are not afraid to admonish us when we need them, who are not ashamed to, to give us a Holy Ghost smackdown when we need it. But they also encourage us. They also influence us. They also set examples for us. Everybody's getting quiet on me. That means that you are listening. Amen. So, 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 so we, can, we can thank God for this house of worship. I don't believe that this house of worship should want for anything. It should never be in need for anything because this is our place of worship. Amen, somebody. You got to be careful of the company that we keep it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 13 to 1533, it said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good character. See, the company we keep is shaped the way we think. In other words, a, a, a smart person will surround themselves with smart people. You know, because if you, if you hang out with thugs, you will probably most likely become a thug. Or you will be perceived as being a thug. You know, uh, in other words, that if you hang out with ungodly people, you will be perceived as an ungodly person. Uh, uh, it does not matter how much you pray. It does not matter how much you come to church. But if you hang out with ungodly people, you just be perceived as an ungodly church person. I heard it said one time that if you hang out with chickens, you will learn to cluck. But if you hang out with eagles, you will learn to soar. You will see the storm coming and you will rise above that storm. Amen, somebody. Because we, we, we tend to be judged based on who we associate with. And as a result, it hinders our witness. You cannot witness to someone if you are hanging out in the same ungodly places or, or with the same ungodly people that they do. You cannot witness to someone. Your testimony will be wrong. Amen, somebody. So if, if you want to go far, then you have to surround yourself with people who are going in the right direction. We have to surround ourselves with people who are going in the direction because we have to surround ourselves with people 
who are doers of the word of God and not just hearers of the word of God. We have to surround ourselves with people who think big and believe big. And you know, I, I listened to Bishop when he, he gave his vision for this church. And for the average person who hears this, it will just mess you all up. You would think he's straight crazy, you know. But see, we serve a big God. So you can ask him for a big thing and believe and know that it will come to pass. I get it, Bishop. I get it. I get it. See, we need to surround ourselves with people who, who see greatness in us, you know, who see greatness in us when we don't even see it ourselves. I wouldn't be standing behind this picture, this, this podium, if it had not been for a spiritual mom and daddy who saw greatness in me, who saw that I can do a lot more than I was doing, who tapped me on the back and said, God needs you to go forward. He needs you to stop sitting down on God. Amen, somebody. So when they come and touch you on your shoulder, don't be afraid to step out on what God has called you to do. You know that he has called you. All you got to go is do it because then he tells them. Amen. Most of all, we got to surround ourselves with believers in Jesus Christ. You got to surround ourselves with believers in Jesus Christ who, 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 who lives the word of God, who, who, who their lifestyle reflects the word of God. We have to surround ourselves with people like that because we only as good as the people that we keep company with. I recommend you make Jesus your company keeper. Amen. And as we go through life and we face these different situations, we're going to realize how important it is to have true believers in our lives. You know, we have to be careful who we let have our ear. We have to be careful who we give our attention to. I heard uh, Pastor P, she said that uh, that we have to be careful who we lend our ear to. We have to be careful who we let speak into our lives. Amen, somebody. We have to be careful of that. As Bishop like to put it, we have to be stop playing patty cake with the devil. Now, that may not mean nothing to you, but it means a lot to me because I grew up playing patty cake. You know, see, the devil had you playing patty cake with him, and the more you play patty cake with him, he is pulling you away from the protection of God. And then once he gets you from under God's protection, he's going to run ransack in your life. He's going to destroy you. Amen, somebody. You see, we have to associate with people who, who, who tends to, who are doing good things. And anyone else who you are glad into your life saying they're just a distraction. They're just a distraction who is pulling you away from God. Come on, somebody. You know, we how, how do we, can we recognize this bad company in our lives? Well, Proverbs says that we have to, we have to, we have to, have to avoid gossipers. We have to avoid people who bring in division. We have to avoid an angry and a violent spirit. We have to avoid anybody who are greedy and those who have a lack of compassion for their fellow men, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. See, there, 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 there was a time when I thought that I could spot a, a bad company. There was a time I thought I could spot a bad influence. But you see, it's, it's hard to spot bad influences without the word of God. You know, if you don't have a standard from which you live by, you cannot spot bad company. You cannot spot bad influences if it's not in your life. You know, the Bible warns us over and over again about 
the wolves in sheep clothing. You know, and you might be wondering who is these wolves in sheep clothing? Well, they are the ones who look and act real spiritual. But at the same time, they're trying to pull you away from God. They're trying to pull you away from your church. They're trying to bring division in your church in Jesus' name. These are the ones, oh, the wolves in sheep clothing. But John tells us what to look for in these here people. He says that they're friends in John, First John uh, uh, 4, 1 through 4. It says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to be who speaks by the Spirit. Let me read that again for you. Dear friend, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You know the ones who, uh, God told me to tell you something. You know, I got something from God for you. Yeah? You got to be careful of these people. And I'm not saying that God cannot have a prophetic message by your neighbor or by someone who God, who, who are really following God, but I would suggest that you would get your prophetic messages from your pastor, from your bishop, because they are accountable for us. They are stewards over our life. They are stewards for our soul. So, if no, if they are not coming from them, I'm reluctant to take it. And he goes on to say, you must test these spirits to see if they, that spirit came from God. He said, for there are many false, prophet, false prophets in the world. This is how you know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claimed to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has, has the spirit of God. Now, there's a lot of religions out there who sounds almost right. They speak part of the word. That's what the devil did. He gave Eve part of the word. Yeah, and it sounded almost true. You know, but that's why we have to, but if they do not claim, let me say, watch this. He said, but if, if, if they claim, if that person do not claim to be the prophet, that person who claimed to be a prophet does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. Which is, what you heard is coming, what you heard is coming into the world and is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over these people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, many of us, many of us, we, we, we crave the endorsement of other people. We, we, we because, because we believe that if they validate us, it make us better as a person. We crave to be a people pleaser. You know, we work hard at getting their attention, you know, so, but, but, but we have to decide on what we are going to be in life. Are we going to be a, a thermometer or a thermostat? You know, I heard a preacher say that, 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 that if you're a thermometer, then you fluctuate. You fluctuate with the temperature around you. You let everybody else set that temperature for you. Your, your heart goes the way they go. It fluctuates. But if you're a thermostat, if you're a thermostat, then you're the one set the heat. You set the pace. And you know why you set the pace? Because you plugged into a greater power. Amen. We, 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 we all need, we all need the approval of God. That's the only approval that we need, saints. We need his approval. But you see, we desire to please other people. And usually, 
us trying to please other people is totally probably opposite to the word of God. It's totally opposite to the word of God. And here's what happens when we do that. See, we, we find ourselves spending time with people who interferes with our faith. We, we find ourselves associating with naysayers and unbelievers. And we start making decisions based on their opinion. When we would never do that before. You know, we, we, we start trying to rationalize our behavior when that was never an option for us before. We start doing that. We start re- digressing. Am I using that word correctly? We start digressing. When before that we was soldiers for the Lord. We stood up for the Lord. We stood up for the word. We stood on the word because we knew the word was true. But then when you start messing with that bad come, you start digressing. You start bagging away. With, well, maybe that could be right. Maybe you're right. Maybe doing this just a little bit won't hurt. You know, but that's, that's when you're getting, that's when you find yourself getting further and further away from God. Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born in it for adversity. So you see, a true faithful friend will, will stand with you in times of trouble, but those so-called friends, they will stand with you as long as things are going good. But as soon as trouble comes, these, these so-called friends will cut and run on you, won't they? They, they? they are nowhere to be found, and these are the ones you need to cut your ties with. You know, I read something, I believe it was on Facebook one time, where it said that, 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 that uh, I want God to give me strength to see sin, look sin in the face, and tell it to be gone. But I beg the difference. You need to be asking God to help you to see sin from afar off because sin does not make an appointment. It will show up. You see the sin, you see, you see Satan, he's, it's Satan's nature to use people to influence you in the wrong way. That's his nature. He's going to use certain people to use you in the wrong, to influence you in the wrong way. We, we, we have to be mindful of Satan's trick. We have to be mindful of the enticements he set before us. You see, what, what is the word enticement implies that your friends will set sin in front of you. You know, and they were not going to ask you to commit it. But they will put it to you in such a way that the only way that you can have it is by committing the sin. Or maybe I'm the only one that had friends like that. I mean, it's clever. He, he, he tried to hide the fact that sin is really sin. You know, you see, he baits the hook and try to get a bite. You see, he, he, he uses these enticements to have you thinking that, that, that it was going to give you a new way of thinking and a, a new way of living. You know, and, 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 and you know what? Part of that is true, but it is not the intention that God intended for you to go. You see, Satan's trick never changes. It hasn't changed since the beginning. He have you thinking that you are not going to get caught. He have you thinking that you will think better. You will see better. You can do better. He will have you thinking that. And that was the same way he got Eve to eat the fruit. Have anybody ever done that to you before? Have anybody ever done that? I guess I'm the only one who had that happen to. Amen. Well, 
God knows. Because Satan will try to tell you that. Won't nobody find out about it. You will not get found out. You know, that's something that would be clinging in your mind. The whole day. You won't be found out. Am I right about it? Amen. But God knows. And God reveals what goes on in the dark. You know, amen. Well, so I'm going to tell you this. And before I take my seat, I'm almost done. Don't put yourself under these temptations. Don't put yourself under these temptations. But the Bible says that if we are tempted, we are provided a way of escape. We are provided a way of escape. You know, and I would say to the guests, we use that escape. You know, that is why it's important to unify with Christians. I mean, strong Christians. You know, keep company with them. I have known parents who relied solely on the church for the upkeep, for the upbringing of their children. And that is good. But it's not good enough. I w- I'm telling you that that, that that ministry starts at home. And the only way you can stop it at home is by having an encounter and having a relationship with God. Amen, somebody. Proverbs 22.6 said, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are grown, they will not depart from it. I want to tell you about something about Peter. Peter had bad company. We tend to put Peter down. And I was studying this a little bit about Peter when he denied Jesus. Peter denied Jesus because he was just in bad company. You see, here's what happens when we, when we become a Christian. See, we do real good in the presence of other Christians and in the presence of the church. We do real good. But as soon as we get out there in the world, as soon as we are faced with situations out in the world, then that's when we start to digress. Am I using that correctly? That's when we start to, well, maybe, maybe that's all right. We end up trying to be politically correct rather than spiritually correct. You know, you will start going along with the world because I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to offend nobody, so I'm going to start agreeing with what the world is saying is right. When you know in your heart of hearts that it's not right, you know it's not what the Bible says is right. You know that's what not what God says is right. But that's what happened to Peter. Soon as he got from around Jesus, he had been with Jesus for three years. And as soon as he got from around Jesus and he got around these unbelievers, first thing he did is say, I don't know him. I don't know that man, you know, to save his own life. You know, we was talking about that this, this, this morning. You know, how much, how far would you go to, 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 to risk your life for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom? For your nations. We were talking about nations. How Esther, she prayed for the nation. She was willing to give her life for the nation. You know, and how many nations did you, you, and you, and you got behind you? How many peoples are you standing for? How many people did God call you for? You got, you got your whole generation of people behind you. Your own family members. Your own peers who is watching you. But how are you willing to risk your life for the sake of them? Amen, somebody. I think it is amen. Amen. Now then, I'm going. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Let me, let, me, let me say this right here. Now, if you think about Peter, Peter's time, Peter wasn't wasn't defined by the time that he spent with Jesus. 
He was defined by his conversion. When he converted, when he decided that I'm going to follow Christ regardless of what happens, if it costs me my life, you know, he went on to preach with power. He went on to preach with signs and wonders when he decided to do that. And I believe that if we decide that I'm going to follow Jesus regardless of what happens to me, regardless of what people say about me, and young people, you're going to have people in your school that try to tell you that what you believe is old-fashioned. They're going to get, they're going to have people in your school try to tell you that what you believe is not cool. But let me tell you something. When, 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 when the table is set and God said, come in, your friends who thought it was, wasn't cool is going to be left behind. Believe that. Amen, somebody. Now then, we all stand. That's all I got. I pray. I pray that every one of us will watch who we are keeping company with. We will watch who we are, who are influencing us. Because watch this, if you hang around with somebody long enough, some of it's going to rub off on you. You know, you hear me re- referring to what my bishop and my pastor said, and you hear us all say that. They sometimes say it from us. That's because we glean from each other. It makes no sense to set up, a, set up under good fruit trees and don't eat the fruit. You know, so why? So that's why I'm saying you got to take this word, plant it in your heart, and apply it to your life. It is not hard to do, saints. It just is easy to do as it is to do what the world tells you to do. And I would suggest today that you should turn to Jesus. I would suggest today that you would follow him and be serious about following Jesus because as I said last month, these are urgent times, and these messages that come from him is very urgent. Amen. And that is not just for you, it's for me. It's for every one of us here. Amen, somebody. Amen. I'm out. You're in the hands of the Lord.